Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're talking about how easy, or not, it is to test yourself for COVID. Okay, uh, Peter... Um, you've been testing yourself, hopefully just for COVID. Um, so, so yeah, tell us, talk us. But was it was it easy? Was it complicated? Were you confused? You look well, a bit confused. Well, this is the thing, right? So, uh, so the background is uh, a couple of weeks ago, my partner and I both came down with colds. Uh, the symptoms weren't COVID symptoms; they were just like a normal cold. Um, but we. We were we were planning to go and visit parents and things that weekend, so we prudently thought, well, let's get let's get some tests. Mm. Um, so uh, I had already previously got some of the uh, the um, not, not the peak flow, flow. That's the thing that you breathe into it. Uh, lateral flow. That's it. Lateral so I'd already flow. got some lateral flow tests. So I took one of those, uh, and Rosie sent off for one of the kind of rapid. Uh, post by test things you can get so they send you a kit and you do the test and you post it back and you get a result within a overall a couple of days or so um mm. and so uh, so that these tests are obviously doing something fairly complicated you know you've got to you've got to be able to get a uh, a, an unsoiled sample into a little little vial uh, and then you mix it up with a bit of solvent and on, on the lateral flow test you squirt it into a little hole and it does a little bit of sort of um chromatography type some, some some sort of cleverness goes on and it oh. gives you it gives you an indication and with the with the with the send away jobs you just you put the sample into a tube and put it in a bag and send it off now the, to, to to make sure that you get an unsullied sample that doesn't give you a uh, doesn't reduce the quality of the, the, the reduce the accuracy of the test mm. there's quite a lot of sort of little steps you have to go through like washing your hands and putting things mm. out and laying things out and putting a into b and putting things in the bag and doing everything basically in the right order so you maximize the chance of getting a good, good test now that's it, it is ends up being a sort of 20 step process or something this sounds which, right up your street but anyway which go on, yeah. which which if you if you do more than once you probably get it but you only really get one chance with the certainly with the post test with the send off mm. test so it's quite it, it on the face of it, it's quite complicated and i could imagine there'd be some people who would struggle with this um perhaps they perhaps they not their their, their, their ability to read the booklet and, and and keep up with it might not be so strong and they, they could really struggle so it got me thinking yeah about how about explaining difficult things to people or complex topics or complex processes or complex sort of concepts is there a sort of limit to how simple you can make things mm. and is this is there and is there a sort of inherent limit to understanding that we can have in our little human fleshy human brains um so yeah that's i just thought it was an interesting thing like like you got complex thing can you can you boil it down so can you could you boil down quantum dynamics the quantum mechanics so that a that a three-year-old could understand it okay um you know when we first started um discussing whether you know what what topics we would do this one i jumped out at me i like the look of this one i think the reason why is because you know um, i think an ongoing theme we have is me Finding the limits of Fraser's knowledge and understanding. <laughs> well, that too, but um, but more like I have a tendency to simplify things, to oversimplify. Some might say, and I think we did a podcast where 
I was basically arguing everything's really simple and you guys were answering saying, no, no, it's not. Um, and what it boiled down to was just because there's a decision to be made, which might be a simple decision, let's say it's a binary decision, doesn't necessarily mean that everything underneath it is simple. Um, now, this is a little bit different to that. Um, can complicated things be simplified and explained? That's, is that more or less the question we're asking? Is that right? Or how yeah. far can they be? And what the how far can they reduce something? Of it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. For, for, I mean, so for example, the way the way I think about it is that you can most things can be simplified to any degree. I think you can sort of take any concept and break yeah. it down into lots of little axioms. That uh, once you get the axioms, once you've got the sort of taxonomy of axioms um, that help you understand something, understand things, you could explain anything. However. I think there are some concepts that are just so so inherently complicated that it would take kind of longer than the lifetime of the universe to explain it using base basic axioms. So you have to sort of you 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 build you build concepts on other concepts. So once you've got the the, the basics of one plus one equals two um, and lots of other sort of little logical things, you can you build up concepts that become shortcuts to a whole bag of those those axioms. I, I feel like I think Peter might be overcomplicating simplification. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got um, I've got I've had a, a sort of a broken down what I think the three different ways or which you could all do at the same time. But three separate things that you might this be doing sounds when complicated. you're you said when you're simplified. Was... No, 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 no. Because I've I've teased I've out carefully. You. I've carefully teased out three importantly separate concepts. Right. Okay? So I am fully um, focused and ready to receive this. Go. So so right. So I think the first thing you can do is what I've called compression after the kind of compression you get in, you know, things like MP3s. Um, and compression is where you keep the same amount of information, but you uh, effectively reduce the the file size as it were you know yeah. you reduce the number of bits needed um uh which i'll get to in a minute but so that's, loss, that's lossless compression lossless compression yes yeah, so it's actually in fact mp3s don't do that but um oh. uh I'll, I'll i'll go into a bit more detail about that in a sec but the the other one is re simple removal of information right so you just yeah. you you take something which has lots of information and you remove um let's say the least important bits uh, ideally but you know so just removal of some information so you're less informed but um but you're better off because you know the information that was removed You've got the most important bits yeah exactly and then the other one i think which is something that peter referred to just there but is what i call reference which mm. is where you um you instead of transmitting information you simply transmit references to the information now that's a bit of an abstract way of putting it but it, but essentially you rely on background knowledge or you know information that you happen to know is shared um and so you're able to uh you know you're able to say to someone well i'm i know when i when i don't have to explain when i say you know swab your nose i don't have to explain what a nose, what nose is, is. Because you, I'm going to assume that you know that, right? So, so it's like actually that, that that's a, another really useful thing you could do. And then, and then, so that those, I think those three things separately are going on when we simplify things. Um, so I think that in in a way, I think probably compression in a way is, is sort of, I don't know, it's sort of the most fundamental or. Um, uh, you know, because you're not actually this is really like you keeping the same information here when you're when you're compressing it. Um, so what are you doing? Well, I think the key concept here, or at least the key kind of theoretical idea is what's called Kolmogorov complexity, which is the uh, shortest computer program that will produce a particular output. 
so um uh, you know it's it's kind of related to to shannon information content but um basically you you know if you if you have a very predictable sort of output let's say just a big long string of ones and zeros alternating you can write yeah. a short computer program to generate that but if you have a long string that is effectively totally random um, there is no sort of short program that can generate that. And sometimes, you know, if it's totally uncompressible, there may be no better way of doing it other than um, literally reproducing the thing. So so compressibility is about predictability there. Um, that's what it relates to. Now, I think the key sort of intuitive concept here is uh, what Peter was talking about with the kind of breaking things down into axioms. I think a good scientific theory will effectively act a bit like a Kolmogorov simplification um, of uh, lots of unrelated phenomena. So th the theory of evolution, for example, um, explains lots of things that seem superficially very, very d different, like, you oh. know, the shapes of bird bird beaks and the shapes oh. of, you know, mammalian hands or whatever. Um, but but it, but it will use the same underlying, you know, set of kind of heritability, um, you know, selection. That's kind of very small number of concepts which uh, cover all of those cases. And I, so I think actually, you know, scientific theories when they're good ones are effectively a form of data compression because they give yeah. us a program which we can use to, um, you know, to explain lots of different things. So, so lots yeah, yeah. of things that seem unpredictable, you might've thought, well, birds beaks are pretty random, but now you have this tool for being able to predict what they might look like, you know, based on other information. So anyway, that's, that's compression, mm. but, in practice, I think a lot of simplification uh, is actually removal of information. I think that's the this is the this is the tricky bit because a lot of, in my experience, like anyone who knows about a subject matter, uh, adamant that you can't simplify it. You know, when I used to work in um, defense intelligence, you, you'd always say, "Well, can you, you know, can you just give us a hundred words on this?" And everyone would be like, "No, it's too complicated. You can't reduce the politics of, you know, country X to a hundred words. I'd need a thousand words." And I always used to think, "No, you don't. It's much, you know, it's but you, you can reduce. You can re always remove some information." Um, and so there's this this question about, uh, you know, this is a so this question about knowing what to remove, right? So pairing away the extraneous bits, about, the bits that are least needs. useful. It's about right. needs, isn't this it? This is about understanding the user. This is what so this is what MP3s do. MP3s mm. remove information, um, but they remove information that uh, you know it is empirically observed that humans can't really tell the difference between. So you mm. know, there's particular frequencies and stuff which sound the same to us. You know, you might as well treat them all as the same. Um, that's the that's that's the idea I think behind uh, you know information reduction. Um, so I think I think that's that's uh, and that really boils down to the shape of your utility function. You know how useful is new information. I was thinking about like maps. You know, like hmm. we, you, we don't we don't have addresses that are addressed to the nearest centimeter. Is you know is it wouldn't be useful to know where you physically were standing in your house when when I send a letter to you. Mm. I, I, that is information that you could transmit, but is unnecessary. Um, so I think that's the kind of that's that's the reduction of information. And then finally, the the reference based approach, which I think is sort of reliance on background info. But isn't this also and using analogies would fall into the that exactly yeah analogy and metaphor and all that kind of stuff, right? 
Well, the, yeah. So, so this is. I, th I think the exact. Uh, this reminded me of that joke. Now I know I can't tell jokes. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to try. But the one about. Do you know the one about the prisoners who are all saying numbers to each other? Have you heard that one? No. So this is, guy goes to prison and he gets in there. You know, he's kind of on the with a bunch of life. You know, lifers, and uh, they're all say. One of them says, "Oh, no, thirteen and they all start laughing. And another one says, "Fifty-six," and they all start killing themselves laughing. And he says, "What's going on?" And one of the prisoners says, um, uh, oh, it's just that we've told the same joke so many times that now we just remember them all by numbers. So you just say the number and, you know, people remember the joke and laugh. And so this new guy thinks, oh, we'll I'll have a go at that. And he shouts 36. And uh, there's an awkward silence. And, and uh, his cellmate says, oh, well, it's the way you tell him. But um, no, I mean, that's that's the kind of I think that's the kind of thing we're talking like about with reference based. It's sort of, you know, if you if you have a shared inf uh, set of information that you can refer to, then, um, you know, then 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 actually it looks like you're simplifying, but you're not. You're just you, you're, you're really referring to existing information. And I suspect that nearly all information hugely relies yeah. on, on there being a shared pool of info. And this sort of goes back, I think, yeah, as you were saying, that that third one, I think, is pretty ubiquitous, I'd have thought. Um, and that's what they talk about, for example, of, of culture. In, well, that's what culture is, really. But also when they talk about, you know, culture, um, you know, animals have their own cultures. Um, and it's essentially learned, you know, um, it's group learning and, and goes through different generations. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, well, I just, I just did, so... Maybe I need to qualify my question slightly. So, so then, if you what what I'm trying to get at is there is, is there a way of explaining quantum mechanics to a five year old or a three year old in such a way that they can still then advance the science, so they still have a working useful knowledge? Because yeah, you could explain quantum mechanics in such a way that it fit in a hundred words and was really simplified, but they wouldn't be sort of in in any in sort of they'd un maybe understand kind of it's a thing. But yeah. they wouldn't have an. They wouldn't have a working knowledge of it sufficient that they could then advance it. I don't think. Would, I think quantum. You, why would I think you want to be explaining quantum mechanics to a five-year-old? Well, just say. Just assume. Just uh, assume the, that the, we're trying to do yeah, this. So. Yeah. For some We've got a five-year-old like, who's joined our research group. And, and he's about are... to go into a lab. We don't. We can't go with him. He's got to go into the lab and perform a, a, an experiment that's going to potentially change the world. But but he has to do it by himself. No, I don't think. Um, I actually think quantum mechanics is is not uh, is it well, is a good example for one aspect of this, which is I think that um, uh, you you know that we don't really there aren't any intuitive analogies there's very little shared information i mean none almost with quantum mechanics so far as i understand it which is not very far but um you know that actually the the concepts involved uh are not ones that have intuitive analogies you know that with so it's almost like just a set of you know concepts that only relate to one another you can't really say okay well a quark is a bit like you know an apple um yeah, uh, it, it just you you know they don't work like that. And, I, and, and, I, I wonder if and there's lots of unhelpful there's lots of unhelpful terminology like spin and charge and things. You're which right. Don't actually, don't they 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 are similar or the same as other mechanical process uh, sort of uh, phenomena, but they're not they're completely different. They're, they don't. So I so I way. I think I would say that it's a really good example of compression quantum mechanics because it, it feels like it probably explains a huge number of things. Um, with a small number of concepts, but I reckon the the kind of extreme uh, opposite of something like that might be organic chemistry or something where there's just, you know, 
mm. millions thousands and, millions and thousands of different things exactly you yeah. know and that's uh, i feel like it you'd have an easier job explaining quantum mechanics to a five-year-old because they don't need as much okay well maybe info. okay let's let's pick a different example so explaining quantum mechanics yeah they're, they're, they're almost like a whole set of things you need to know mechanics that you need to understand that sit outside of anything else but what about something like explaining the why the middle east is so comp why explaining israel and why it's so sort of complicated to a five-year-old who's got to make a policy decision about something that will affect israel so i mean that's yes you could boil that down to like one sentence but you know that's not useful that that kind of that amount of knowledge is not useful you need much more detail on top of that to actually make a sort of uh, make a contribution well i think i don't i'm not sure you'd kick off with palestinians and israelis and stuff like that i feel like you'd, you'd explain it in terms of someone someone found a ball then somebody else found the ball later on and somebody else took that ball and no, that now you know so and so went their ball back it. no but i think if you want to explain it to a to a five-year-old it'd be very difficult to do that in a way that wasn't perhaps importing some some kind of you know disaster, narrative bias no but you can't i mean look as a kid i, I get it have You're a clue what politics was but i understood what it was like you know for, to be annoyed with someone who had taken your stuff and I, and I feel like understanding that is probably more of a key to understanding you know and the and the, and the extent to which um you know <clears throat> two people feel like they have a claim on the same object or the same item or the same piece of land um, and both feel that those claims are entirely justified you know like that's that's the key that's maybe the key you are thing you need to get here maybe you and are I, and i think a kid here. could understand that so but but i mean obviously you're reducing information then aren't yeah. you that's a kind of information reduction exercise okay look i'm not quite sure where we are we're, we're i mean i don't think we've sort of done anything groundbreaking here but but one thing to say i think there's something missing as well which is is kind of it's it's um, the vessel through which this stuff is explained, right? Mm. Because, for example, you might have, let's say you've got your flat pack furniture arrived from a certain Swedish store. Yeah. Then, you know, you've got your instructions there, right? Written instructions, right? But let's say you want to explain to your kid about the news and what's going on, you know, in, in Israel, for example. Then, well, it's, 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 it's you. you. You're effectively a teacher. Um, so, yes, you've got the dif these different modes that you described, uh, Nick, and that might be one way to put it. I just think we're missing that as well. I mean, look, maybe I'm biased. I used to be a teacher. So, you know, and you get good teachers, you get bad teachers. So there's that element of it as well. I mean, is that relevant? I don't know. Where are we? What do we, what do we want to say? Because we're, we're sort of about, you know, two thirds of the way through. Well, I, think, I, I, I reckon I've got a sort of schema that you can apply to ask yourself how, how simplifiable is this? Mm. Um. So I don't first know what a schema all, is, but I'm, I'm with you. Keep going. It's a simplification. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, What's a, a simplification? So I think a framework. <laughs> I, I, and I think actually in general, like, so I'm about to give you a fra what, my, what I think is a framework for understanding simplification. And frameworks, I would say, are, you know, they fall into that category if they're good. Uh, and and Peter and I are always, you know, talking about two by two matrices um, because they're so ubiquitous in business, you know, mm. business consultancy. Um, I, I, I think frameworks are really good if they are lossless, if you like, if they losslessly compress the space of phenomena that they're trying to help you explain. Um, mm. And they're bad if they if they don't carve it up into uh you know informatively different so in other words if they don't distinguish between things that they ought to distinguish between and um 
So I'm about to give you one of these frameworks. Brilliant. Just so I think sort of three questions you can ask yourself about with it. Can this thing be simplified is, first of all, um, how predictable are the information is okay. the information you're giving? Right. So that's about compressibility. Yeah. How or once you've got it going, once you've started the explanation, you know, how 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 compressible is the net if you've got to do the same thing 30 times don't list that out as 30 separate instructions just say do this one thing 30 times right then there's about the utility function um now some things and i think this is probably the issue with the covid test some things absolutely have to be all done you you know if the covid test isn't done exactly right in order then it's worthless right so the utility function is is really narrow you you either do everything right and it's and it's useful or you get one thing wrong and it breaks but you know the extent to which someone can someone could be more or less find the information you're giving more or less useful depending on what you miss out right so so you know if it's if it's yes there's sort of a, a falling off of information value that there's you know some really important things that they've got to get right but the rest they can get right and some of it well they could and then finally how much shared info is there um, and if you if you know if you share a lot of information with that person then you can you can obviously simplify a lot more um, and uh, thinking back to you know my life as a former civil servant that was really a key one of the one of the things that you would <clears throat> usually the kinds of things people would write um uh, you know would be would have too much useless information in so mm. i'm thinking about sort of ministerial submissions is they would they would contain too much useless information but they would also assume much more shared information as well they would they would try to rely on things that they assumed that the minister would care about or know about um you know to do with their particular weapons program or something and mm -hmm. actually you know you, you almost always you, you'd want to be saying okay you've really got to explain all of these things that you think the minister knows about because they don't they've got no idea um mm. but also you know you've got way too much stuff in here which isn't uh, you know doesn't pass the so what test okay um i'm sure that was a really good framework but i've kind of forgotten Great what framework. each one of the things were but Inf informativeness uh so, pre so predictability yes utility and uh shared information right the first I get, the third I get, the second I need to work on a little bit. But let's leave that. Let's leave that. That's fine. Um, so <laughs> I think the other element of this equation, as we talk about, is the needs or even the um, how useless or not the person is that is trying to understand stuff. I, I think um, that's that's that is that's but, kind of yes, in but I think three, that's subsumed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's subsumed. Like if they if they if they're really not knowledgeable at all. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to put in it's the what what's tomato isn't it peter we, we peter yeah. and i have this we've invented this uh handy shorthand for people who you know where you you've got to start your explanation several uh several chapters earlier because you know they say well how do you make this delicious spaghetti bolognese and you say well okay first you've got to get your you know peel your tomatoes get a what and then peel they say what? yeah what and then they mean? say what's a tomato and you're like oh okay yeah. quite a lot of the time you know when you're talking to someone about something fairly abstract you're in a tomato situation where you've got yeah. to sort of explain okay well this well, guy doesn't know what probability is so i'm gonna to have to start this is really good because this leads me on to a question that i want to ask however before i ask that question is anything either of you wants to sort of wrap up on because i do well, i've got yeah, a question well, but yeah go, well, go peter yeah i mean I was, I was maybe we won't get onto it today maybe it's another maybe it's part two but i was wondering it got me wondering like what are the limits of under human understanding um and 
you know, it's a thought experiment. So you you, you create a, uh, an AGI, super intelligent AGI, that's many millions of times more in clever than all the humans put together uh, in in one box, and you, you you give it you give it just a time to go and think about itself, think about the universe by itself for a couple of minutes, and it comes back with what amounts to maybe like a million years worth of human. Um, Pro progress in say physics or something and tries and then wants to explain that concept to you is that is it is it just a question of well we'll you you you, you die before it finished explaining it to you mm. or is is there a way that it could it could boil that down to something simple that would get the the the, the full thing across to you with all the complexities and subtleties well, i reckon there's an answer to this which is about compressibility because you know you know how there's there's a kind of famous theorem. Well, it's not even a theorem. It's a really obvious thing, really, which is the, the pigeonhole principle, um, which says that you can't have a, a lossless compression algorithm that works on everything. It's just not possible because, you know, you, you never know. Well, essentially, you can't reduce something. If you if you imagine, you know, a 10 digit number trying to reduce that to a five digit number using some purported compression algorithm. Well, there are simply more 10 digit numbers than there are five digit numbers, you know, mm. like 100,000 times more of them. And so the pigeonhole principle says, you know, if you've got 10 pigeons and nine holes, you can't get you can't get all of the pigeons into their own holes. The thing is, that it, you, there's no you, know, you have to actually know about the thing. You've got to know how what that thing is like now it could be the universe is highly compressible and i feel like the laws of physics have, have been a process of compression you know so we, we go through the sort of keplerian laws of motion which are three things and then you get to you know the newtonian laws and then it's like okay well now that's only one thing that explains the planets and stuff mm. and then you realize that that fits in with other laws and you get einstein simplifying it a bit further um you know, and and so I so I I feel like we don't know if we knew the answer to Peter's question, then we'd already have solved it. You know, like it could be that there's one equation. It might just spit out one equation, and we go like, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> or or it might be something really hideously complicated. Well, look, this is getting very close again to what I want to ask, which is as follows. Um, let's see if you think it's a good question or not. What's the most complex thing that you've ever had to explain? to to someone or some people but also one that that you found difficult or that you maybe weren't even successful in explaining what do we reckon to that yeah, yeah I, I know exactly what that is brilliant do you want to go first peter go for it peter well uh, people i still don't get them <laughs> um uh they're they're just too bloody messy and complicated and i'd like to live as far away from them as possible um and i've failed on number of, number of occasions we, we feel the myself, same peter let alone un, let alone explain why people behave in any, any particular way to anybody else but let's be serious a moment why do you think that is peter because i don't feel the same and perhaps most people don't feel the same why do you think you are like that i don't know i think i've been a, I've, in the past i've been accused of being too obtuse and not empathetic enough um but I don't think that's true. I think when I when I try, I can be pretty empathetic. Okay. Um, it's just that um, you just can't rely on people to be predictable in any kind of way. So they, yeah, uh, he doesn't like the lack of compressibility in people's behaviour. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I mean, yeah, certainly as an economist, like people are really really predictable, like more predictable than they think, especially on mass. Yeah, but their emotions are. You know, they're, 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 when they get upset about stuff, and then when they take offence to things that you say, um, they 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 
take offense and then won't explain why and then you find out later that that, that they've there's some thing in their history in their past it's like well why don't you just, just tell me that you didn't like what i said and i'll apologize and i'll learn from it rather than like hiding it and making it I feel a little bit like i'm having a conversation with a with a robot or something <laughs> um and that, but also it reminds me of once i was moaning to a mate of mine about the people with whom i worked and I was going, oh, this person's terrible, and that person's terrible, and this one's terrible as well. And he said, well, look, something that someone once said to me was that, you know, if you think everyone is a wanker, maybe they're not the wankers, right? <laughs> and so, and I'm not trying to be rude, Peter, but maybe you are. it's you. You. Just, you just called Peter a wanker. We can read between the lines there. <laughs> yeah. Even I picked up on that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Okay, nice. Um, Nick. Well, I come across this a lot, actually, which is this problem. Actually, you know, one of the re uh, one of the well, the the reason our company is called Aleph Insights is mm. you know it's named after the uh, the uh, the short story by Borges, mm. um, the Aleph, which is about this point in the universe which contains all, all the other points in the universe in one mm. place, and um, and I, the reason we chose that is because you know what we would basically the stuff we do is to take lots of problems that people think of as hugely separate um you might be dealing with the future of space travel or you know what's going to happen in the middle east or understanding you know particular um uh armed group or something and actually from an analytical point of view really they're all explained by the same kind of underlying processes and concepts and you're like well you know if you want to analyze stuff you get data and you, you generate hypotheses and you test them you know assign probability to the hypotheses of interest and this affects your decision in the same way you know all of those problems really look the same when you when you understand those the problem is it's really hard to get that over to people who haven't um you know been doing it uh for, for as long as we have and i think one of those things is you know i i find trying to explain how probability works and what it means is really challenging because actually it's it's really sort of quite simple at, at, on one level and you know in its connection to information theory and the way that data and probability link together and stuff there's a really nice sort of quite simple um elegant relationship there but it's really hard to explain to someone who thinks of probability as something to do with you know dice and chance and uh you know randomness mm. um really hard to kind of because so many other concepts you've got to dig it's a real sort of tomato yeah, it's, not, it's not sort of it's not just like referencing things you've got to dig out the old references mm. and like replace yeah. them with the correct one so yeah, yeah I, I still haven't found a, a really satisfying way of and, and i can tell it in a, you know you can tell when it, it hasn't worked because if it has worked there will be a kind of light bulb moment and and if mm. you're, you know when you're trying to explain something to someone and there isn't a light bulb moment you're like you look i know you're not getting this because otherwise you'd be like oh i, I see now i see yeah. all of this stuff yeah, yeah, is actually yeah, yeah. related yeah 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 i think what's I'd yours phrase well so my one is a number of years ago um i think my daughter was about three um, in the garden, we found a dead bird. Okay, and so she said, "Oh, what you know? What's going on here? What's this? What's happened to it?" Sort of thing. And I felt one hundred percent equipped to answer this question because one, I was used to be a teacher, as I say, and two, I've got a background in theology. So I thought, right, I know exactly what I'm doing here. And also, but I wanted to be careful and like not upset her and that kind of thing. So I didn't want to just say, "Oh, it's dead," you know, and that's that. And I said, "Well, you know, this bird has died, but..." Um, Although it's I, I, why I went down this avenue, I do not know. Um, and I said, but 
But like I said, I was just worried about her getting upset. So I said, I, I started talking about heaven and souls and that kind of stuff. God knows why, because I don't believe in any of that rubbish. You know? But also, but the particular feature of that bird was that it wasn't in the sky, but on the ground, which is quite unusual for birds. Well, yes, and not moving. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I got into this quite long, complicated thing, and I could see her getting more and more confused as we were going along, and, and me thinking, why, why, what, why, why did I do this? Um, and at the end of it, all, she's just said, no, I think it's just dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I sort of thought, okay, yes. And I said, yeah, you're right. And so then from then on, and actually I'd already made, you know, mentally I'd already kind of made this commitment previously, but then I really did. I thought, right, anything else like this in the future, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to tell it as mm. it is. I maybe went too far with that, you know. So I remember one of my sons asking me what happens, you know, when we die. No, I remember asking if he was going to die and if I was going to die. And I'd go, yep, you die, I die. Yep, mummy, <laughs> we, we all die. We all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at which point he just burst into tears oh, and dear. said, I don't want to be died. Um, but um, so maybe, yeah. So that's sort of my policy now is just like forthright. Brutal honesty. I hope you corrected him on his grammar at that point. I did indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay good right we'll stop there we'll stop there um as always thanks for listening uh if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics you can email us at podcast at we'd love to hear from you if you've enjoyed the podcast um what should people do peter make it as simple as possible um they should they should write us a letter and we'll send them a <laughs> gift pack that explains how they can subscribe and like the podcast you said it that's it yeah. uh thank you as always for listening i'm fraser mcgrew we've been here with nick Hare and peter cockle of Aleph insights until next time goodbye <laughs>